welcome to a surprise edition of the Haddonfield Report. I did not expect uh, to be recording something today. I don't expect that I'm going to be uh, to become the Halloween news guy. It just so happens I'm not working today, and news broke, and I thought, well, fuck, it's time to jump in there, right place, right time, let's talk about this. Um, I'd, I'd honestly been planning on talking about Halloween Kills and, and the trailer at some point here, um, not, not, not the trailer, I mean the release. Um, we did get a teaser today, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, I had been planning on talking about this at some point, wasn't exactly sure when. Um, I know some of you might have seen on Twitter yesterday, I kind of posted a question about, you know, whether we feel that VOD is, is uh, a viable option or not. Okay. Honest opinion, on a business level, this was a no-brainer. Yes, um, you need to push Halloween Kills back. I know there was a lot of wishful thinking out there that, you know, oh, VOD, don't worry, it can make a lot of money. Okay, I, I think we have to consider a few things, though, right? First of all, there is no, there is no model to, to point toward in terms of a movie with as much box office potential uh, as Halloween Kills has, going to video on demand exclusively. We have no model for that. We have no precedent. We can't look to something. You know, it, it's not like... Um, it's not like... Well, that's not a great example. The Invisible Man isn't an established IP. It's not like we have an Avengers movie, for example, that has been released completely video on demand that... It was was tremendously successful and made $2 billion on demand at home. We don't have that. And I think it would be foolish to say that any movie can be released, you know, through VOD and have the sort of success that Bloomhouse and Universal were expecting Halloween Kills to have and are still expecting it to have. It's going to be a huge hit. Halloween 2018 was a huge hit. This is still going to be a huge hit. Um, and so, on a business level, it, it's not going to make $200 million on video on demand. I don't care if you charge people $50 a pop, right? I know there was talk about, oh, yeah, a big release like this would be $50. Okay, well, here's what's going to happen is, is uh, Joey calls up his 10 best friends and says, hey, guys, come on over. We'll just split the cost together. So how much money is Universal actually making per head? Just, if we just do the math on a business level, it doesn't add up. And whether we like it or not, I know that, that we like to be idealistic and think that the art is the most important part. Uh, no, right? It's the profit. They're not going to make a profit, or they're not going to make, they'll make a profit. Bloomhouse makes cheap movies. And my wife was saying that to me yesterday, is, you know, the, the most that they're going to put into a movie is $10 million. Now, that doesn't count marketing, things like that, but still, Bloomhouse is not spending a shit ton of money making movies. Nonetheless, you're not making $200 million on Halloween Kills, and I think they know that. I also think that Mike from Wham! is right. Universal does not want to burn any more bridges with theaters. And even though there are a lot of, of 
uh, people out there with their doomsday prophecies saying that, you know, they're kind of ringing the, the, the death knell and saying, this is it, this is it, you know, the, the uh, theaters are dead. Mm. No, theaters are not dead. Theaters remain the primary way to see a movie, whether you like it or not, whether you think it's too expensive or not. I realize, very expensive experience. But that's how movies were meant to be seen, and that's how they're going to continue being seen. Will the, will the market change? Will uh, the means by which studios, you know, release movies change? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I saw that, that uh, Jason Blum had said that, you know, it's probably going to be that the theatrical release window is going to be shortened. And, and instead of having, you know, a four-week window for a movie to be released theatrically um, before a VOD release, maybe it's only two, right? And then it goes to streaming. Things are going to change. But if you think that the theater is just going to magically drop out of existence and that we will democratize the movie-going experience, ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Um, I do think that there is a movement away from theaters, but I don't think it's necessarily in favor of video on demand. I think if, if you want to look at the future, look at what is already going on. Think about rom-coms, for example. Okay, how many rom-coms uh, were, were released in theaters in, I don't know, 2019? Not 2020, because obviously fucking nothing has been released this year. 2019 compared with 2006. I would argue that the number is substantially lower than it was. Why? Because there isn't really a market for people who want to go see a rom-com on the big screen. Consumers' habits have changed. And people want to go and they want to see big movies. They want to see Halloween Kills on a big screen. They want to see The Avengers on a big screen. There is already a movement away, a migration out of the theater for certain genres, for certain types of movies. Go on Netflix. That's where all the rom-coms have moved. I think the Snyder Cut, and I'm not going to be getting into this today, but at some point I want to talk about this. The Snyder Cut represents, I think, one of the biggest shifts in this industry, insofar as you have uh, a huge property like the Justice League going to, not video on demand, but going to a streaming service only. That is exactly what I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast, that we, we haven't had any sort of model. We haven't had any huge ass movie go to streaming first. The Snyder Cut is it. So, how does that all connect to ha uh, Halloween Kills? I, d I don't know whether it does. I think, I think these have, the current trends have long-term implications. But to assume that, that Hollywood and, and theaters and the whole system of releasing films and distributing films is going to change now, just because you want it to and you want to see a movie is not realistic. I think it's going to take years for certain things to crystallize. I think that we'll see what the Snyder Cut does. We'll see the sort of, of money that it brings in for uh, HBO Max, right, in the form of subscription money. And we'll see whether studios believe that releasing huge ass movies like that, which apparently they are, they are still putting a lot of money into, uh, maybe even more than the 20 to 30 million dollars they said. So they were spending more on on just 
putting the finishing touches on the Snyder Cut than Bloomhouse spent on all of Halloween Kills. We'll see how they do profit-wise, and I think that will have some major implications in terms of what studios want to do moving forward. I imagine that we may get a lot of bigger movies going to streaming only, that it's no longer just small movies like rom-coms, but we might actually have a movement in the direction of watching movies at home uh, that are big movies. But it hasn't happened yet. And that trend is, is not, again, it hasn't fully crystallized. We don't have a precedent. It just makes sense to me. You know, you don't release Halloween Kills video on demand. I know people said, well, you know, it'll still make money. And in fact, it might, it might broaden the audience. I don't think I, I, I don't think I believe that. Yeah, I, I don't think I believe that. Um, and it ends up that, that Universal and, and Bloomhouse and I think Miramax is a part of this as well. I don't know. Um, but I, I think they all felt that it was not a viable option. It sucks. That was the movie that I think, if you were listening to this, you know, that was your most antici anticipated movie of the year. Obviously, it was mine. It sucks. We don't, we don't like this. I'm personally glad that it's getting pushed instead of being released on video on demand. I would have watched it on VOD. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, you'd have to be a fucking liar to say otherwise. But that's not how the movie was meant to be seen. And I could make it as special an experience as I could with, you know, with my wife, with my best friend, whatever. But the fact remains that that's not how the movie was meant to be seen. And even though it's very hard for me to, to kind of think about the fact that Okay, now this whole wait starts all over again. Well, kind of. It, it was the right choice, business-wise, and it's the right choice to respect the art form. I love theaters. I know there are a lot of critics out there with theaters, but let's remember that not every theater is a big chain like AMC or Regal, etc. The theater that I attend, uh, that I attend, uh, what is this, a uh, church? Um, maybe, kind of. Um, the, the theater that I go to is a local theater. Right now, they are trying to show anything they can to get people to come out and watch movies because they've been making zero money since March. And that's a really sad thing for me to watch, knowing the guy who runs it, knowing that he runs it because he loves movies, and knowing that there's only so much they can do if these big movies aren't being released. So I think before people start to say, well, theaters are greedy, let's just release this video on demand and give it to the consumer. Realize that this isn't all about you, right? And realize that there are people whose bottom line is, is, it's not just greed, it's a matter of whether they can continue to sustain their own livelihood. And there are some people who do this because they love movies so much. And if you let their theater die, you are letting a part of, of this community of movie lovers die. And I don't think that's okay. So honestly, I applaud Universal for stepping back from the brink. You know, I know there was flirtation with releasing, um, you know, more movies, video on demand. But I think it makes sense. They've released stuff on demand like Trolls World Tour and Scoob. Well, okay, because you're at home, you have nothing else to do. Your kids want to watch a stupid, shitty movie. There you go. 
that's an easy profit. That's logical, right? Um, also realize that it was easier for them to do that during the coronavirus pandemic because it's not like people were getting together in big groups. So chances are you were watching it at home with your family and your family only. So there were more households for them to make money on for those larger movies. I don't expect that we're going to, to you know, that this trajectory of more and more and more and more and more movies being released video on demand is necessarily going to continue when all is said and done. I do think that people are hesitant to go back to theaters. I know that there are a lot of a lot of, there's a lot of polling data out there suggesting that people aren't going to go back until there is a vaccine. Um, but I think once people go back and things return to normal, things will be normal again. I think there's, there's a lot of alarmism out there. You know, it's, it's not the end of the world, right? We'll, we'll, we'll put the pieces back together. I think we just have to make sure, you know, hopefully that the theater is still alive and well. I don't imagine, and then I want to talk about the teaser, but I don't imagine that this will have any implications, you know, the Halloween Kills, um, you know, date being pushed back. I don't imagine this will have any implications for movies around it, necessarily. This is a movie that needed to be released in October. What are you going to do? Go and watch Halloween Kills in December? Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Let's watch Michael killing people on Halloween. It doesn't make sense. This was, it was time sensitive. You have one month to release it. And I think that's what made me nervous. It's what made a lot of people nervous. And I think what makes this especially unsurprising, unfortunately, is that there is no room for error. Whereas Tenet has been pushed back at this point four weeks now, you can't do that with Halloween. You're not, you push it back two weeks and, and you're releasing at the end of October and you have cut down on the window of time when people are in the Halloween spirit and want to go see this movie. Because remember, it's not all about us, the fans. There are also casual moviegoers who want to go see this shit. And you have to think to yourself, okay, you know, when are these people, when are casual moviegoers in the mood to see a movie like this? Mm, probably in October. So you let that time pass, and, and you've really cut down on that market. Um, so I, I think that's something else to keep in mind. Yeah. But again, not the most surprising thing. Um, we're still going to see it. And that's exactly what I said in my tweet yesterday. It feels like, I, I think I said yesterday, it feels like all risk and no reward. And, and Bloomhouse and Universal, they know that the fans, we are still going to go and see it. That doesn't change. No, it doesn't change. You might be pissed right now that they've pushed it back. If you are pissed, that is a very entitled attitude that I don't condone. I don't think, I don't think that's the right approach to take, right? I just don't. It's not all corporate profits at stake here. I do think that there are implications, as I said, for theaters and for people who aren't corporate entities who need to make a living. Personally, I'm trying to go out to the theater as much as I can right now and support them. I'm young. I'm healthy. I, I you know, I wear a mask. I don't have a lot of fear, uh, you know, about, about getting this thing. And, and I think if I can do my part to support a local business owner, then, then I'll do that. But I realize a lot of people are not going to be willing to go back to theaters for a while. And I think the Bloomhouse and Universal knew that. 
I think they knew that, you know, even in October, you're probably playing to 50% capacity. Things are not going to be better in October based on the trajectory that we're on. Will things be better by, by the winter? Hopefully, right? And it, it seems like if we continue on this dramatic upswing that, that maybe the thing will, will burn itself out by the winter, maybe. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Nobody really knows. By next October, yeah, I mean, that feels like a safer bet. That at the very least, you know, it, it looks like there's a vaccine coming out. I guess there was a contract signed for a vaccine to be released in early 2021. I think that thing is kind of unproven, but, you know, the, whether the vaccine is, is going to work or not is, is, is really uncertain. But supposedly that's coming out. Yeah, just, it's a no-brainer, guys. Release it next October. It, it, it's not only good for corporate profits, which I know, you know, the corporations are, are the go-to boogeyman, I know, and, and not to say anything political one, one way or the other, but it is to say that it, it's just, that's an easy target, and I know that makes us roll our eyes. But it's also the right decision for theaters. It's the right decision for the art form. Um, you know, and I, I just want to say one more thing. Then I swear I will get to the teaser, because at this point you're like, shut the fuck up already. Um, I do just want to say, I also think there's a little bit of misinformation out there about how much it costs to go to a movie. I mean, if, if, if you don't buy the popcorn and the soda, then you should be okay. I think Mike on, uh, not Mike, uh, Jay on, on Wham said that yeah, you're paying $95 by the time all is said and done. Even if he goes with his girlfriend, there's no way it's $95. I know he was exaggerating, but the cost of, of, of going to the movies, yes, it's expensive. But the way that I always look at it, if I pay $15 for a ticket, or if I go during the day, it's $12.75, I think, or something like that. If I pay that much for a ticket, I get to see a product that costs, you know, if we're talking about uh, an Avengers movie, I get to go see a product that costs them... Sometimes, you know, upwards of $200 million to make. So you're getting to go watch an expensive piece of artwork. You know, even going to see Halloween Kills, that is a piece of art that cost, you know, $10 million million to make. So I also just want us to remember that. That, you know, this is not just a matter of, okay, here's the movie floating around in, in the... In the ether, here you go, the, the movie gods hand it down to us, the deserving few who get to go watch the movies because we are the fans and we have been anointed. Uh, no, I mean, this it costs money to make a movie. It's an expensive piece of art. How much money do people pay to go to an art museum? And how much money do those works of art cost to produce? I think I think sometimes our our conception of the theater is is a little skewed. And sometimes we forget to weigh it against other art forms. And if you think about it that way, I don't necessarily have a problem paying the price that I do, especially knowing that only a fraction of that goes to the theater owner, a fraction of that goes to the the studio. There's a whole lot of math behind it. So the profits, while 
okay, a little exorbitant at times, especially when we talk about food, are more split up than what we assume. Anyway, not going to go down that road. All of that is to say, I support the choice. I think it sucks. It makes me sad. I'm disappointed. But I, I think it was the right choice on, on multiple levels. Let's talk about the teaser. There's not a lot to say. So I just want to say, not necessarily any surprises here except what we see at the end. Um, you know, I the fact that it picks up right after the first one, I think, was implied by the, um, we got that, I don't, I, I forget what context that was released in, but we got all that footage, uh, B-roll and stuff, that promotional video, was it last fall, um, where, where we saw a lot of different clips from different points in the movie. We could all infer that this was, Halloween Kills was going to continue on the same night. Um, and I can't, now I can't even remember if a synopsis has already been released and, and revealed that. But I think at this point, everybody knew it was going to continue on the same night. One of the biggest pieces of information that this teaser gives us is it continues, picks up right where it left off. Um, I know everybody is talking about like the, you know, the line, let it burn, let it, okay. It just raises a question for me. Why they ran away if they're so concerned about making sure that the house absolutely burns to the ground and he's dead. It doesn't, doesn't it just feel a little weird to you that Halloween 2018, here's our grand plan. We're going to trap the shape. We're going to burn him to death. And there you go. They have this big showdown and they pretend to be scared. And then at the end they reveal, nope, we're not scared. You, haha, Michael, you're an idiot. This was a trap. Fuck you. Now we burn you to death, right? Doesn't it feel a little weird then for them to just run off? Now, I realize Lori, I guess, needs medical attention and, and okay, so be it. Couldn't they have sent Lori with this mysterious driver and stayed there to make sure it burnt? Again, I know they need to find some reason to make sure that Michael lives and but it just seems like, okay, you went from from triumphant and fuck yeah we did it we're successful to oh my god we gotta get out of here oh my god oh my god and then oh no oh no they're going and they're going to put out the fire well that's what happens when houses burn down is the fire department shows up and they put out the fire you're telling me that Lori had this whole plan figured out and did not assume that the fire department would respond to put out the fire? Again, I know I'm overthinking that. Not trying to be an asshole. I'm, I'm just kind of saying, what were you expecting, Lori? Yeah, what were you actually expecting? Is it a cool concept to say, let it burn? Sure. Because it kind of has a double meaning of like, let the house burn, but also let the shape burn. And, and plays into that that it was the boogeyman the the use of the pronoun it that we kind of see in the original that uh, i think we get a little bit of in in halloween 2018 but kind of making sure that you're not just humanizing him making matt to be more of the shape more of the boogeyman i think that's cool i think judy greer is still annoying and and whatever um 
let's talk about the end of the teaser though, because that's really all there. That's all there is. You know, the, the place is burning down and, and they're driving away. But the end of the teaser, I have thoughts about. So Michael turns his head and we see it looks like there is some 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 damage from the fire. It looks like the mask is burnt on, on one side. Um, if you've seen the fan film Halloween Inferno, and I think they made a part two, um, which, which was good. I think, I, I think I enjoyed the first one a little more. Um, but if you've seen Halloween Inferno part one, it kind of introduces this burnt mask. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to me that, that a fan film did it first and maybe it's just natural that, you know, maybe that's just an unsurprising and logical thing to do with a mask. I'm not sure. Um, but that's just kind of, it's interesting to me. Halloween Inferno also started with the burning jack-o'-lantern, which I thought was a very cool concept. And I'm also curious to know if they get that right. And if that is how the opening credits look in Halloween Kills, because that feels logical too. But anyway, I think that's badass. I really like it. But I have one concern. I just wonder, when we think of Michael Myers, we have a very clear vision of that stark white mask. And I think they did a really, really, really nice job with it in Halloween 2018. Now you've added, like, fire damage, and maybe half of it, maybe a third of it is burnt. I feel like that changes the whole complexion of the mask. And I just wonder if the novelty of that is going to wear off for me. And if I'm going to be like, man, I wish we could just get back to a classic white mask. That's just, that's my only concern right now, is that that will feel cool for a few minutes and then quickly wear off. And I'll be like, I want to go back to that white mask that, that has scared me so much before. You know, we'll see. But, you know, I, I think it's logical that the mask would get burnt. So, sure, do it. Go for it. Um, but that's, that's my, that's my one concern. Yeah. Obviously people have suggested, well, maybe he gets another mask and, and I don't need to say much about this because you can watch Dave McRae's videos and, and see how he's kind of talked about that. I feel like it, it would feel very forced to, to find some way for him to get a new mask. I guess maybe there's a way to do it. You know, he got the old mask in the first place, but it just seems to me like they're not all going to be sitting around somewhere in Haddonfield. I don't know. Um, but it's cool that they released a teaser. I saw some people were upset that they released a teaser. Again, this is that sort of like entitlement mindset. Like, oh, why, why do you tease me now and you're not going to give the give me the movie for a year? Because I'm, I'm not trying to be an asshole. And, and I realize I may come across as one. But because... Jason Blum and John Carpenter and Danny McBride and Jamie Lee Curtis and because they, they don't know who you are and they don't know they don't know what you want and they don't know that you want the movie and and they don't like that's not what they're considering when they're making these decisions. Somebody said yesterday on Twitter and and I, I think I think it was a great point. You risk losing a little bit of momentum by pushing the um, pushing the release date back. You don't lose momentum with the fans who will see it either way, but potentially you lose momentum with the non-fans, the casual viewers who may forget by 2021 that Halloween 2018 was a thing. I don't know, maybe. 
Maybe there were some people who were like, they just wandered into the theater. They were like, huh, a Michael Myers movie. I remember watching them when I was younger. Let's go see it. And then they thought it was pretty cool. And they were like, huh, I wonder if they'll make a sequel. It might be kind of cool. And then those people, you know, come 2020 are like, oh, shit, they made a sequel. Just two years ago, we saw 2018. And we liked it. You know, I guess there is a little bit of fear that if you push this back to 2021, well, now it's three years. You People have more time to forget about Halloween 2018. I don't know how valid that concern is, but on a business level, it just makes sense then that as you announce that you're pushing things back, release a teaser as well to get some conversation going. I saw that it was trending on Twitter. Well, okay, great, because it's either for one of two reasons. Oh, I'm so sad it's delayed, or oh, look at this teaser, it's so badass. But all of a sudden, Halloween Kills just entered back into the, the, the public consciousness in a way that it had not before. And I think if they had only announced, only announced that the movie was delayed, that you would have had a lot of fans who were upset about it and nobody else talking about it. But instead, because you release a teaser and there's something for people to see, I think it gives this a little more mainstream attention too. So on a business level, I think this was perfectly handled. I think it makes sense. I think it sucks. It's disappointing. We don't like it. But I'm glad that... that you know, video on demand has not killed theaters at this point. Um, I feel like you could do a ripoff of Video Killed Radio Star. Um, the theater lives on. As Joe Bob says, the drive-in will never die. I feel like at this point, all theaters have kind of taken that place of the drive-in, always being expected to die. And I think that we have to remember that even if there's a movement away from it, I don't expect that that movement is going to happen as suddenly as some people expect. And I don't think the theaters are going to be dying anytime soon. They made the right call. You know what? Sure, it sucks. But, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe the anticipation will make the feeling of actually seeing it more rewarding. I don't know. We'll try to find a silver lining. All I know is it gives me more time to kind of you know, help this podcast come into its own. We'll talk more about Halloween. It will give me more time to cover Halloween Kills before it comes out. Um, and, and, and more time to get the community's voices involved, hear from you guys, talk about these things together, and we'll go from there. Also gives a little more time for spoilers, which kind of sucks, but we'll do what we can to avoid those. Anyway, guys, I did not expect, as I said, to be spending uh, half an hour of my afternoon talking about Halloween Kills, but... You know what? Pleasant surprise. Right place, right time. Glad I could do it. Uh, hopefully you you take some value from this surprise commentary. Um, let me know on Twitter how you feel about, about the decision. Um, and, and otherwise, I'm going to go back to what I was actually doing because I have a to-do list that I'm not working on. And I will see you guys on Monday for the Halloween 4 review. All right. Well, we'll see you then on the Haddonfield Report.